Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! Oh, it over. He's ready! Oh, yeah! It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Welcome. That's what rolls this week. Yeah. Do you know what? Sometimes it's nice just to mix it up. I don't want yeah. you listening getting bored. Welcome to the Cold Solid Classic Nitro Review. We're back in 1996, watching every episode of Nitro from the very beginning to its bitter you, end or hours. You're damn skippy. Damn skippy. I am damn, damn skippy. Damn you skippy. left that child down the well again. <laughs> Damn Skippy, I am Damn Skippy Tom Campbell, and I am with resident WCW kid from Cultaholic Sound Driver. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. They should have won in 2001. Big Bang. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had the Big Bang pay-per-view, damn it. If we just had that, AEW would have been the third major promotion in America right now. Oh. And it would be even more confusing. What a dream that would have yeah. been. Yeah, it would have been fantastic. The new blood would now be the old blood. It'll be, oh man. Blood transfusion probably by Think now. Of all of the Disco Inferno we've missed. <laughs> you say missed. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I joke, I joke. I, I do miss Disco Inferno. I just need to learn how to shoot straight. Um, <laughs> we had Americans with us this past weekend. Did you really? I did real Americans. Proper real ones Americans. from Ronald, brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Carolina and everything, and and I oh, what from Crockett Country? Um, yeah, yeah, they'd appreciate this podcast. Or they wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but have they no dignity? But what I like is is how Americans see the UK is so very small. Yes, because they they kind of said, oh, we're, we're coming up Saturday. We're gonna go. We're to go out for dinner with you. Want to see Newcastle? It's like, hey, great, lovely to see you. And then we're thinking we need to entertain them on the Sunday. And we're like, oh no, 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 we're not staying. All, we're not staying Sunday. We're going to Wales for the day. Yeah. From Newcastle. It's, it's fucking nuts, isn't it? Like, I know. To them, like eight hours on a train is just a normal commute. Yeah. I've seen so many Reddit threads where it's like, what's your morning commute like around like X city in America? And they're like, oh yeah, I drove about like 90, uh, you know, like an hour and a half to work every day. I'm back. And it's like, what are you fucking mad? Like, are you fucking insane? Bloody like, hell. If it's, more than, if it's more than 40 minutes, I'm kind of like, <laughs> Like, my walk to work every day, I get about three miles in, round trip. It's about half an hour each way. I enjoy it. It's if I've right. got to be here quick, I can be here in five minutes in a taxi, though. 
Exactly. So it's like, you know, it's just sort of, when I see people like, oh yeah, like 90 minutes, and then you factor in traffic, and sometimes it's going to be as bad as like two and a half hours, and it's like, we, how the fuck aren't you all going insane? Maybe you are. Maybe this is <laughs> Well, it, it is America. <laughs> Not say I'm not. But I'm, yet the fact I'm not saying just, you've gone mad, but you do get very excited about rounders. But the the fact that you know they just see oh yeah I'll come up from London to Newcastle for the day yeah and then I like, head back to London on the evening it's like it's only three four hours and it's like you're mad <laughs> lovely <laughs> lovely Americans <laughs> and what I liked was uh, one of our one of the friends who was up uh, she went into the ladies loose and then came out and she went. Oh my god! It was like a different language in there because not only is she trying to figure out English, but it's Geordie. Yeah. It's a Saturday night in Geordie, and she went in, and they're all like, "Whoa, not too late!" It's why she it's, said, "I think I heard the word taxi." But it's why I'm I'm really happy and really proud to be from this little corner of the world because we have our own little language. Basically. Yes, we do. Uh, and and if you look at the actual roots of Geordie, it comes from old Germanic words and like old Saxon words, and there's like roots in all sorts of languages from the people that kind of arrived on the northeastern shores to burn down monasteries and and you know go on to rule the country. Mm. It's very weird up here. Uh, this is love. But yeah, I, I love this little corner of the world, uh, even if London forgets we exist. 95 percent <laughs> of the time. Uh, but you know, they're their own country, aren't they? They can deal with you know. They're, they've got their own ambulances and their own... The city of London police. Ours mm. is just Met. It's just Met Metropolitan Police. It's not Northumbria Police. Yeah, so, yeah. But, not like... Northumbria. I don't know what it is. It's like seeing, like, everything is branded as City of London. Yes. Whereas here, you get, like... Yeah, you'll get, like, a Northumbria police car. But it'll just be, like, a general fire engine with fire written on it. Theirs will have some fancy logo with, like, City of London mm. Fire Department. And it's like... You are just a country, aren't you? Show off London. Yeah. Bloody show off with your tube. <laughs> Nothing compared to the metro. It's not like the, barely any fights on the on the tube. You never had one video. So get off this tube now. Get off the metro now. I really want to find that kid. Oh, um, I think he's in prison though. No, um, Alan from Little Buildings, where we did Cultaholic Live. He has a print uh, made by a local artist, um, and it's "Get Off the Metro Now" print in kind of graffiti style. And he was saying that they, they did like an auction thing um, and the guy was auctioning off like, I think, a signed version of it. And he found, tracked the kid down and everything. And the kid was like really embarrassed about it, obviously, because it's blowing up into this huge thing. And he's like, I just, it, it was not, you know, I, I am very ashamed of that. I, oh. I so I think he's changed his ways. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. I, if you get yourself down on the metro, you might see him again. <laughs> I'd like to reach out to him and like take him back to the scene of the crime. Yeah. Not that it was a crime. <laughs> Do a just... dramatic BBC 90s crime yeah. watch reaction. Yeah. I want to say to I want to like have the footage of him going like, brown get on the metro now. <laughs> and it fades into me and him sat there in real time going, so here we are again. And I've he's like. the camera just sat yeah. across on the opposite platform. That's it. Yeah. Oh, me, I'm all embarrassed to be here. Like, That's not me. It was never me. <laughs> ah. Hey, I'm going to copyright that now, just in case you have any silly ideas of copying me. Uh, so, we can't talk about that now. We're back in 1996. Uh, August the 19th, 1996. Number one movie in the US is Independence Day. Damn America. right. Also, can we just quickly talk about the, the Peruvian aliens? Oh, yes! <laughs> so, the, this is the thing. Like Everybody's kind of going, oh, this is wild. And now the guy's being like tried in Peru because he's taken them to Mexico, I think. And it's mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? You can't just take that stuff. But all of the, like, as the conspiracy fear does, it's running wild. 
so many of the joints in the hands are just the wrong way around. They're not matching on either hand. And yeah, whatever, right, okay. You know, different beings could be an entirely different thing. But also the guy who um, found them is a noted shy ass who's done this before. <laughs> um, so if anybody out there is is kind of noted sitting there, you know, ass. like knee deep in this going like, oh my God, like the people are with MH370 was taken by a portal. That's another one right now. <laughs> I'm on that subreddit. It's fascinating. Like somebody found the exact video effect that was used to make the portal, went frame by frame, and it was like, nope, nope. Then it's like, oh, okay. But the the aliens thing is the guy has done this before. There's a documentary called Sirius. I think you can watch it on YouTube for free, where they have this very small, fragile skeleton. And yes, okay, the the Mexican, uh, sorry, the Peruvian alien bodies are a thousand years old and everything. I still think they've taken thousand year old material somehow and made it. I don't mm. know what the deal is, but the guy is a noted shy ass, like a noted shy ass who's done this before. So it's for me, it's kind of like, well, you know, fuck, it could just be ball joints that have degraded. It could be all sorts of interesting, crazy bollocks. But if it's real, then props to you, mate. But like, uh, you've done it before. Mm. You've done it before. When he has a rep, it's very difficult. Yeah. You know, uh, noted shy asses. I mean, look, we work in wrestling. Also, it could just be some <laughs> bloke in, in like, you know, South America in like a thousand years ago going, this is going to freak people out. Made them, forgot about them, and somebody's dug them up going, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's something we do. We just go, let's make something really stupid and let's just bury also, it. Also, what if they're, they're the actual people and we're the Nephilim from the Bible? What if we're the giants that walk the earth? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, there's Ooh. a lot of interesting little spin-offs. I can't wait for my fatigue and times to turn up this month. It's going to be spicy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a big old doobie and read the fatigue and times. <laughs> You're damn fucking and right. let my brain go on a holiday. <laughs> there's one way to spend your weekend. on like Monday afternoon go, Tom, Tom, the Beast of Bedfordshire's back. <laughs> Monday, Monday afternoon, I reckon about 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> Tom, the Beast of Bedfordshire's outside. What do I say to him? <laughs> it's just... It's just one of the usual local kind of radgies just picking through the bin and pushing it over, <laughs> which happened again this morning. Really? I came down, there, were, there was a boxed pair of brand new work boots on my steps. Um, somebody had like half a light fixture in a bag that they like <laughs> smashed against my wall. And that was just lying on my property. And I was like, well, my property, the property I'm renting. Uh, and I had to just kind of awkwardly shuffle it all to the front of the house and just kind of go, eh, there you go. It's on the street. Pick it up, stay the fuck out of my garden, please. Mm. <laughs> this is getting very annoying. Bloody having to hell. routinely step over people spiced out of their heads and then call fucking 101 being like, what do I do? And they're like, we'll send somebody. And then you got to wait with them. And then you're late to work. And <sighs> They just sort of hang there, just like you know. There was a real spice epidemic it's, it's, in it's, the northeast for a long while. It's still going on, and it's one of those things where the council really needs to step up in a lot of regards. I know that the council doesn't have a lot of money, but like it, it's kind of there's a lot of people out there that really need help. Mm. Um, and you know, I I can help by you know if I run into these situations by calling emergency services and doing all this stuff but there needs to be more just help at a grassroots level for this yeah stuff. it just needs to be help in general yeah. for them doesn't but there? i i almost took the light fixture was like eh, if it wasn't smashed it was it was all right it like <laughs> a small chandelier good little light fixture there yeah it had bits of dangly stuff on it yeah i don't know how it fit i just glue it to the ceiling and pretend you've nearly stick a torch in it nearly gained a light fixture yeah 
Yeah. Where where I live, in that there's like a community hallway, and uh, people will leave. There was a little corner where during lockdown, people would leave books and DVDs. Oh, it's just lovely. That's very communal. Very lovely. communal. But then it became like I'm getting rid of some stuff. Do you want some hey, stuff? Hey, here's a TV stand. <laughs> True. To, I, I did get a TV through that system once. Nice. Yes, I think we talked about it on this podcast. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying and it. Was, and Alex caught me in the lift holding a TV. And he's like, what have you done? I said, God, TV. She's <laughs> got one now. And um, our ironing board was broken for a long time. So I thought, let's use the TV as the ironing no, board. No, that was it. That was exactly what it, it was. Broken nice for, flat. It was broken for a long time. And then we left the one morning and somebody had put an ironing board outside the in the universe provides Tom. so i went the uh-huh. universe provides but alex went don't just don't do what i think you're gonna do it's a bit weird <laughs> so i, I went all right so i bought another cover for it and I, <laughs> I i wish i thought of that so what i went don't worry i won't and then she went to work i came back like before 50 her tesco's at a stone's throw of any point you are in newcastle you could have ran and grabbed an iron board cover i could have done but what i did instead was when i came back from work i got our old iron board chucked it in the bin picked this new one up and just put it in the cupboard <laughs> And it wasn't until like the next day where she opened and went, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I didn't acknowledge that I'd done it until she went, oh, for God's sake. It's, hey, it's, Why'd it's, you do that? It's, it's free cycle, but without the annoying it's free, travel involved. It's free in cycle. Middle, without, right? yeah. yeah. And when we did a clear out of some of our stuff from, our, from, from the, the guest room, there was like, there's all these books and cuddly toys and stuff that we don't want. So yeah. we had a nice little selection. So we give we give back into the universe yes. and then the universe provides yeah, once more. that's the way, man. Put good into the world and an ironing board will come your way. <laughs> if only. If only. If only. An ironing board might come your way. Independence Day, as we say, number one movie in the US in 1996 this month. We got really sidetracked there, Jesus. That's all right, that's what we do. That's why people are here. <laughs> You know, I genuinely just fucking skipping forward. Going, have they mentioned anything about Lex Luger yet? <laughs> Weirdly, I know people that listen up until the start of the actual <laughs> Nitro and my recanting of it. So thanks, I'm not offended. Jack, number one movie in the UK, good film, coming of age comedy drama starring Robin Williams. Also number one last week, wasn't it? It was indeed. Yeah. Macarena still number one in America, of course, and Wannabe still number one in the UK. <laughs> Two stranglehold level songs. Oh, They're going to take a long time to shift. It really is. Uh, lawsuit news update for the World Wrestling Federation and World Championship Wrestling. Um, in a consent order signed by both sides, WCW have agreed to not have any employees or independent contractors work for the company named Scott, named Razor Ramon or Diesel or Big Daddy Cool or the bad guy. So basically that's them saying, we won't call Scott Hall Razor Ramon, we won't call Kevin Nash Diesel. Instead it's gonna be Scott Razor Hall <laughs> Ramon and Big Sexy Daddy Kevin Cool Nash. <laughs> who drives a diesel truck, but not a big truck, a little truck. <laughs> little truck, big And instead cool. of like two big honks, it's just one honk. <laughs> if I'd have been working on the WCW board, <laughs> Bischoff would have gone, leave the room. You're annoying us. a little Fisher-Price truck. (laughs) (laughs) We're not breaking any rules. Uh, In addition, WCW is not allowed to state that either Hall or Nash currently work for the World Wrestling Federation. Since WCW wasn't about to do any of that anyway, it appeared to be pretty much an amicable deal. Now, they they do something near the the beginning of the second hour that that skates very close to this because because it's WCW. Yeah, because, you know, if the line's there, then you can go right up to it and maybe onto it, but you can't go over it. Mm. Uh, there is heat within WCW because somehow WWF found inter-office memos that were sent from Turner to the WCW offices. Uh, which probably just called Gene's hotline. 
It probably was Gene. Yeah. I think it was Gene that did it. Because on these internal memos... <laughs> just walking around. There's no news this week, just picking up confidential documents. <laughs> These will do. <laughs> Me and Gene go through Bishop's bin. <laughs> oh, well, guess which WCW star had a taco on Wednesday. Tell you in a minute, I'm a shyster. All of the rest of the rubbish is all of the catalogs Bischoff used to be in, but with his pictures cut out. And they're all framed <laughs> around the office. It's mean Gene going through the paper shredder, you fucking grifter. <laughs> But the memos, the reason that WCW are annoyed is because WWF said, we understand there are internal memos where you refer to Scott and Kev as Razor and Diesel. Yeah. And I was, and, and it's, so they were, so they were memos that were going to be used on television, but it was just to say, oh, by the way, Razor's book for this segment, Diesel's book for this segment. Yeah. I guess just because it was a recall thing. In the, same, habit maybe in the well. same way that if you bumped into Ed Leslie, you'd probably call him Brutus. Yeah, or Barber or, or Beefy. Or Beefy or, or, booty. or Booty. Big, big Beefy Booty. I don't think anyone would call him Big Beefy big, Booty. Big Beefy Booty, that's his new name. <laughs> but it was that, so, so WWF were like, well, hey, we think you were going to do it, and somebody in WCW was going to get in trouble for, for leaking that information. Probably you, Mean Gene, you fucking grifter. <laughs> um, Just sat with his snorkel on in the office, <laughs> not even underwater. Just looking through the bins. Uh, it looks as if finally Sean Waltman is set to have his WCW contract officially signed off. Uh, the situation finally winding up because for a while they were keeping Sean Waltman from going anywhere. A little pawn in this silly game between WCW and the WWF. Uh, he's now been given a release from his WWF contract and reached a deal with WCW. Now, the plan was he was going to debut this month as the fourth member of the NWO. Uh, as as we talked about, he was meant to be a Hogwild. However, WWF went, no, hang on, we need to sign this first. Basically, it was akin to the Diesel and Razor thing to say, right, you can't call him the one, two, three kid or the kid or one, two, three. He can't do any of his poses. He can't do this. He can't dress like that. So there's a whole list of things yeah. that, he, that he wasn't allowed to do. So basically, they had to go through this and sign that and sign that and get that signed before he could officially join the company, which is why it's taken so long to get him in because WWF are playing fucking zilly buggers. It's all right. It's all going to backfire anyway. Of course it will. <laughs> uh, both WWF and WCW have been carefully scrutinizing the WCW hotline as well, looking for veiled mentions of the 123 kid since he hasn't been released. So somebody at Titan is, is being told to fucking listen to Grifter Mean Gene Oakland's uh, Just in case he's email, like, well, there's rumors sifting. that a kid's going to be coming into the company. Ah, and those ah. rumors are starting as quickly as one, two, three. Oh, some say he's as fast as lightning. And but, he once beat up Razor Ramon in a match. It's Sean Walton. <laughs> and it's the one, two, three kid. <laughs> Sean Walton. He will later be known as X-Pac. Don't, don't ask me how I know this. <laughs> Gene just... Oh, fuck it. Sean fucking Walton. Fucking Jesus Christ. I'm tired. I'm old. And I work with fucking children. Um, yeah, so they're, they're listening to it because then they can go, ah, that's a little bit of ammo for us in the lawsuit, you pieces of shit. So they've been very careful uh, with, with how they talk about it. I don't think... Is Jerry on the books yet? Is Jerry? Which Jerry? McDevitt. Uh, oh, oh, he's been he's with the WWF already. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, yeah, Jerry will have his whole like floor of his legal department working on it. Well, McDevitt's the one that's been that's been playing silly buggers regarding Diesel and Razor. That's his job. He's brilliant, Jerry yeah, McDevitt. He's a Jeez, fantastic lawyer. <laughs> An incredible. If you ever needed legal representation, yeah, you, can you want Jerry McDevitt. Jerry McDevitt. Yeah, mm. that's what you need. 
If you're, if you're booking him, long-reign Jerry McDevitt. If you're against him, fuck you, Jerry McDevitt. I just love that in his office, he's just got a picture of him and Vince, just like arm in arm. Oh, oh, Jesus. Best mates. Of all the, all, the, all the acquisitions Vince McMahon has made, I think Jerry McDevitt is the one that he's the happiest with. Oh, yeah. He's bigger than Cena. Yeah, of course in he headquarters, is. At least. Oh, God, yeah. He saved Vince around millions and maybe his job yeah, he's, on he's, many he's occasions. A good 10, 15 years in, in prison. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. <laughs> Uh, WWF looking uh, to try and shut down WCW Saturday night with a weekly Saturday night pay-per-view. Have you heard this? No. So they're, they're looking... This will come a thing in 2002, though, won't it? Oh, uh, but the, they're looking at doing a one-hour pay-per-view show emanating from New York City, starting uh, very late, but uh, with a plan to make a more risque ECW-like product on a Saturday. Oh, we're going to Shotgun. This will become Shotgun. Good. It won't be a pay-per-view. No, I enjoy Shotgun. It's it's a product I never really got to see much of. Uh, mm. I've never watched it through yet, and it's something I might actually do later on. I've been trying to go back through The Sopranos recently, mm -hmm. um, and I'm halfway through season three, and fuck me, God, it's such a good show. Uh, so I might speed watch the rest of season three later. Uh, and then get shotgun on because I've never watched it through, but I always appreciated the kind of presentation of it. The story behind it's fantastic as well. With kind of, it's the first time Heyman and Vince interact. Mm. Is shotgun, and they need small sized venues like nightclubs. Heyman's the guy for that. Uh, he can get all those contacts he has in New York to allow this sort of stuff. Uh, and apparently, I think it was on one of Pritchard's podcast, uh, one of his podcasts, but it, it was. Um, Vince agrees to meet with Heyman. They're going to go kind of look around some venues. Uh, and so this limo pulls up to Heyman's parents' house with Bruce, Vince, and maybe a couple of other people in it. And it's like, Heyman's got to go out and get in. But first, it's like, come and meet my parents. You're Vince McMahon of the World Wrestling Federation. Like, come on. Um, and Vince just stands there and tells Paul's parents like how proud he is of him and how he's this amazing like wrestling talent oh. and, and all this stuff. Vince had never met him before, didn't know shit about him, but he oh. still did it just so Paul's parents were like, fucking hell, this wrestling shit's like for real. That's like, Paul's class. doing really well. Uh, and I, that just warmed the, the cold bit had dead piece of cold in my heart. <laughs> that and the news that Cheryl and Jake are back together. That both of those things have really it's like, been some little 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 light shining yeah. through there. Which yeah. is which you love to see. I look I've never heard that story before. Yeah, I'll find the episode because like some of the Pritchard ones I get people don't really like listening to it. There's a lot of stuff you kinda of gotta sift through in a lot of it. And a lot of He's that, also quite tired on quite a, lot a few of, of them. A lot of kind of um well, I don't really know when you clearly do know, uh, but because, you know, there's times before he goes back to WWE that maybe it's slightly more expose-ish. Mm. Uh, but I'll find the episode, it's it's well worth listening to because there's just a lot of, like, cool little moments through the history of Shotgun becoming a thing. Do try... There's a couple of episodes of Shotgun on YouTube. I know yeah. that much. The best way to describe the aesthetic, right? Flying nuns. Flying... <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only. Uh, and it's a very local reference, but I think it's it's something that's very associated with Cultaholics, so I think you'll forgive it. If WWE, if WWE bought North Wrestling, yeah, that's what it looks like. And ran it through a gentle ECW filter. Like, yeah. you get a lot more bitch and ass and, mm. and sometimes maybe even a shit. Yes. There's a, a couple of great moments. I do remember, like, Austin and Terry Funk. That got shared quite a lot um, when the Funk passed on, R.I.P. Terry. Mm. Uh, but like the like, just Funk running his mouth, getting Austin like golden in while Austin and Vince are on commentary. Just loads of great little moments like that. But potentially something that might uh, change WCW's plans for Saturday night. We will see. 
it won't. Well, not for a bit, and then, you know, we'll get thunder, so everything will work out. Everything will be fine when thunder turns up. <laughs> Fuck a doodle do. To Nitro we go to, and we are opening with a rematch from Clash of the Champions 33 of all the great matches that we saw at Clash 33. This was one of them. This was one of them. <laughs> and probably the one I was less inclined to see rematched, but here we are opening the show with Jim Duggaroni Pizza versus Michael Wall Street, a.k.a. IRS. <laughs> <laughs> is it Michael? It's VK Wall Street, isn't it? VK Wall Street. Oh, apologies. Yeah. It is VK. Vincent Kennedy. He was Wall Michael Street. Wall Street initially, and I got me, yeah. me, me wires crossed. He's VK Wall Street uh, because VK Wall Street was a bit of a, got a sneaky roll up pin on Jim Duggaroni Pizza. He did. Nick Patrick. Um, obviously, right now we've got this kind of uh, thread running where Nick Patrick is uh, potentially the NWO ref. He might be getting sneaky backhanders to kind of pull certain results. Uh, and for one reason or another, Duggan goes for the tape. It's taken away from him because there's this whole argument around Duggan. Of, is the tape a, a foreign object? Is it not? Uh, and then that allows Wall Street to get the sneaky roll up. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we have a rematch tonight. Nick Patrick, once again, the referee. And as you say, he has very much been the center of controversy lately. I'm sure he'll be fine tonight. Uh, Duggan gets some strikes on Wall Street on the outside. And then the beating continues inside the ring. But then Wall Street cheap shots Duggan from behind whilst he's hot-dogging and grandstanding. Jim Duggan grandstanding. I know, no right? <laughs> Rarity. And then Wall Street shocks us all by taking the match all the way down to two miles an hour with a, yes. with a fucking rest hold. It's a bit of a walk and talk. A walk and talk as you described yeah. it correctly. Uh, the, the whole thing ends with Nick Patrick taking Jim Duggan's tape as he's looking to rally with a shot with a taped fist. And Nick Patrick snatches it off him. But as he does... Jim Duggan. Well, Wall Street snatches it off Patrick. Yeah. And then he starts trying to wrap it, and Patrick's trying to get it back off Wall Street. But then. Duggan reaches into his pants and pulls out even more tape. How much tape do you need, Jim? Proving that he is essentially a walking human version of Hobbycraft. Do you think he's got, like, on his hand, do you think he's got one of those little, like, kind of um, snap off sellotape bits? Oh, yeah. Is that just, like, natural for him? Just like <laughs> <laughs> little grooves that just snap the tape. Yeah, I, I, I would have. It would have made more sense. I did see him chewing on the tape, trying to snap it at one point. We should have had that grafted onto him. And then you know, if he ever needs to bleed, he could be like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> But bless him, every time like he gets a bit of dust in his eye, he's blading. Oh, hang on. Oh, he'd, have to, oh, yeah, he'd, have to, he'd have to have his hands on each one. Like, there'd have to be a tattoo just so he knew which one was the right one. Just, okay, that's the one I can wipe my ass with. <laughs> oh, God! This one, this one very much no. I hadn't even thought of which hand to wipe your ass. Oh. <laughs> Why have we made Jim Duggan's life so difficult? We're strapping things to Jim his hand. Jim Duggan is like the nicest man. Yes. Like, I, I think he's just so... Um, He's just so pure, right? He's just he's just Mr. America. He's got, not actually Mr. America, you know what I mean? Like he's out there waving around the two by four, just doing the same thing he's always done, and it's still over. I don't know why. Like people are bored of Hogan. People love Jim Duggan still, just getting out there doing the same old thing he's always done. And for whatever reason, we've turned him into Jim Duggaroni Pizza, Italian restaurateur, uh, and Pride of Italy. <laughs> it's a spicy pizza. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so Duggan wraps his tape, his, his fingers with tape again. At this point, Patrick, Nick Patrick, the referee, is just watching it. Yes, and just watches Duggan 
twats him with the tape fist, and then just counts the three. As if Patrick, ah, oh, fuck it, I can't control this. I can't bullshit. do two sets of tape. That's not my job. That's my one DQ done. I can't do any more. Uh, Duggan gets the gets the win back from VK Wall Street in what is essentially a house show opening match. To be about it, it was a spicy pizza. It was a house show opening match. That was a spicy pizza. <laughs> On the spiceometer. It's lemon and herb for me. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of yeah. It's it's like a gentle spice. It's more of a flavorful spice. It's a flavorful spice. Yeah, I like it. It's like a like an Asian spice. Gene Oakland uh, douses uh, with the spice and asks Jim Duggan about Hulk Hogan and the NWO. Oh, and then and then pew pew, Duggaroni starts shooting. Calls him Terry. He's saying everybody's coming down here, going off about what they're going to do to Hulk Hogan, but Terry, man to man. And he runs him down. Yeah. What are you? What have you done to your fans, your friends, and your family? The little Hulkamaniacs. Yeah. But before he can really continue his shoot promo, the crowd are excited because they see Macho Man walking towards the ring. Gene Oakland sees Macho Man walking towards the ring. Everyone sees Macho Man walking towards the ring, except Jim Duggan, who's going, what's going on? And looks everywhere but the direction in which everyone else is looking. <laughs> And you wonder why, <laughs> like, he's just so lovable. He's just so lovable. I, I... And it's only when Duggan is like, when, when Savage is like as close as we are to each other, yeah, that Duggan goes, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> just shocked, and that kind of puts up his dukes ready to fight, because, of course, that famous Jim Duggan-Randy Savage feud is still happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's sold out. The Omni, a hundred uh. times over, probably, back in the 50s. Uh, Savage, uh, miss, uh, missing <laughs> hanging out with Hulk Hogan, decides to hang out with Jim Duggan instead. He says they're on the same frequency, uh, and they say that they need to stick, stick together. We then get, uh, which is basically Savage going, all right, fuck off, it's my promo now. Get out of here. And, and Duggan... Go on. Yeah. See you later. He's doing the little hand brush. Oh, and it kind of it kind of suggests like a little anti-NWO group is forming, but it doesn't really go anywhere, which is sad. Well, the little anti-NWO group's already been established. It's all of WCW. <laughs> I mean, there is that. Not all of Except them. Except for the Nasty Boys. <laughs> they are an island unto themselves. Yes. As they always have been. Which we'll get to later. Recap of Savage being attacked by Hogan last week as Mean Gene speaks to the Macho Man, who apparently has 15,000 stitches in his head. Yeah. Jesus. It's quite a lot. I mean, it's a it was, massive it was head. pretty brutal. It's probably the most brutal chair shot Hogan's ever given to be honest if you look at the grand scheme of Hogan chair shots I don't really remember them being any that weren't just kind of boom that one that one came from a different place the one on Randy mm. how dare you when I step away from WWE to go make a terrible film how dare you when I go because my daughter's about to be born fuck you Randy and you saw all of that get how dare you stop me from yeah. taking your wife you know <laughs> how dare you be very good at the wrestling in the same vicinity as me <laughs> Know your role, Randy. I'm How gonna... dare you show the audience they can appreciate more than just one colourful hero? <laughs> How dare you have a top rope move in your repertoire? <laughs> Showing me up like that. It's all right. Warrior turns up quick enough and <laughs> there ain't no top rope there. <laughs> Savage saying he isn't laying back a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> Fucking. The top rope he has is the one that he shakes. <laughs> <laughs> fine. We don't need that top rope. Distrucity. <laughs> Questionable views I should not be saying in public and I won't repeat here. <laughs> Just pretend it didn't happen. Warrior Award, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Ultimate Warrior and I'm Dana's here to say. Those things. Yeah, Dana Warrior got uh, released. Yeah. Which is um, a, a thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's not that I dislike Data Warrior. I just, I don't know what to, uh, uh, best of luck. She worked for them for like 12 years or something. Yeah. 
wild. What did she do? I'm not, I'm not saying she, that as a dick. You know, I genuinely am not. She, obviously, she's the guardian of Warrior's legacy. Yes. Um, and, you know, what a legacy it is to, to be the guardian of. For, for all of the questionable behavior of, of Jim Helwig throughout his career and, and the very public kind of self-destruction that, you know, WWE so perfectly encapsulated in that hit job of a documentary. Uh, wow, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like they didn't have a lot to work with. Um, you know, she's the guardian of that legacy, and I'm assuming she's got a lot to do with the Warrior Award and the charities associated with that. I think so. So, so um, but anyway, all the best, Dana. Yeah. Savage isn't laying back a little bit, and he's going to let things flow. And then he says he's coming for the Giant tonight because so the reason that the Giant and Randy Savage uh, yeah. are having a match tonight, the Giant told Savage to step aside because he was going to handle the NWO at Hogwild. Mm. Giant didn't get the job done. So therefore, Randy Savage isn't one... Whilst he is one for sticking next to Jim Duggaroni Pizza, he's annoyed with the Giant for losing in a cheaty match at Hogwild, so he's going to beat him up. <laughs> Yeah, but he was also going to do it at Clash, but oh, I'm injured. Yeah. So the crowd were like, oh my God, it's right. Oh. This felt very convoluted. Yeah. And and WCW. This has is only 96, mate. Wait till we get to 98. They have a tendency just to over egg the pudding on everything. The pudding is all egg. It's all egg. It's like Portuguese tarts. <laughs> Jack, Jack Atkins <laughs> is salivating at how eggy this pudding is. Uh, we get another recap from Hogwild. <laughs> just imagine angels are like, just low, like a loaf of bread sliced, not even, just just slapped into a bowl and about 48 eggs <laughs> stirring through. It's like a how-to basic video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a recap of Clash 33. The Giant batters Benoit in about 60 seconds because of reasons. Uh, Tony calls the Giant the single most dangerous man in the history of our sport. Larry Zabisco, what I can only say, spouts utter squitter about how the WCW athletes are letting the Giant know they can trust him rather than the Giant letting them know what they can trust who. It was it the dungeon Because we're doing this whole thing where like we still have all these factions, right? And we'll get to this a bit later on because there's something else in this vein happening on tonight's show. But, you know, you've got the Horsemen, you've got the Dungeon, you've still got all these factions that are looking out for each other, but at the same time, they're having a look out for WCW. But then the lines are kind of blurred when it's a faction like the Dungeon because they're all kind of fantastical, mystical. What are they? Th what, what's mm. their motivation, right? Like, so. I well, we've talked about it. Good work ethic. Yeah. And, and paperwork. And sometimes wearing street clothes for a match. Sometimes wearing street clothes for a match, yeah. but sometimes not. Yeah. You know, yeah. as long as you sign the documents that need to be signed. Yeah. You know, book holiday properly and, you know, arrive an hour for your shift with the Dungeon. Like. <laughs> They're monsters, but they, you know, they believe in keeping a tidy, you know, administrative area. Yeah. As they should. <laughs> you know, Taco Tuesdays and everything. But yes, yeah, so there's a lot of faction bullshine yes. around. And it just, it feels like with WCW, and this is only going to get worse, when a route is from A to B, they kind of go from A to K to Q to 5 but to you, ampersand you to are, B. <laughs> you are forgetting this is the first time we've done a major sort of invasion style angle um, on American TV wrestling, right? So it, it's mm. kind of they're, they're, I guess, laying the road as they're walking over it. Very true. They're so, like grommet on yeah, the train. There's going to be a lot of directions they kind of think they can take the road in, then they've got to quickly go, oh shit, 
no, back, 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 back. We're going to take it that way just a little bit and then we can get back to the main road. So I think a lot of it is kind of like, ah, oh, shit, no, we didn't think that far ahead. We've got to do this now. And somebody gets injured and fuck, okay, we've got to do that now. And then we've got to do all this other stuff. So I think part of it is that. Mm. But at the same time, it, it is kind of a signature of WCW that it is going to be a little bit meandery from time to time. Mm-hmm. Meandery is what it is. Uh, back to the ring we go. It is Earl Robert Eaton versus Chris Benoit next. Earl Robert Eaton uh, is uh, hailing from Stoke-on-Trent. Stoke-on-Trent. I know. Or if you have the subtitles on, Stoke-on-Trench. Is that what it said? <laughs> it's like Stoke-on-Trent. <laughs> yeah, it's from Stoke-on-Trent. Stoke-on-Trent. Imagine fighting him on a cold Not Tuesday night. <laughs> How the fuck did he end up in the Midnight Express? I said, I, I'm baffled. <laughs> I'm baffled. I was Alabama boy uh, is a potter. Go figure. <laughs> I, I love, of all the places they could have built Earl Robert Eaton from, it's Stoke. <laughs> yeah. They could have tried Cornwall. I would have liked to have seen that accent attempt. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. I don't like that. For a while, when I lived in the West Midlands, Stoke was classed as the North. I'm sad to admit that. I'm embarrassed to admit that. I just think so many places think they're the North because when you come up from London, the sign just says the North. Yeah. Um, when you look at where you are on a map, South Yorkshire, you're in the middle of the fucking country. Um, yeah. So everything around there is the middle of the country. I think once you get past or toward Middlesbrough, that's, that's the North. Yeah, you're in the north beyond you know, Borough. Carlisle, everything, like Newcastle, like we're, we're tucked right up at the top. And technically the cutoff is, you know, the border. We're, we're the north. We're the north of the north. It's the most petty argument, but it's we're the fucking north. I imagine America is very much the same of who is and isn't the south. Yeah, where there's the, the south, south beginning. Quite, I think the south are as proud of being southerners as the north here are of being northerners. Mm-hmm. So if you question someone's northerness, it's, it's a very serious thing. So come at me, everybody below Middlesbrough. <laughs> I was born in the Northeast. <laughs> I see you, Thursk. <laughs> I see you, Harrogate. Um, yeah, so congratulations to Earl on being a potter. Uh, I hope that you support Stoke City and you listen to Signal One on a morning. Um, <laughs> With my mate Elliot Holman. Uh, Woman is giving Chris Benoit the eyes uh, and Benoit is ignoring her. They've had a fallout, apparently. Right. I haven't spotted this. Was this not due to her interfering in a match and it going wrong? That's kind of what they said, but I didn't quite remember. I think that was a few weeks ago now, but I'm sure she she interferes, something goes wrong and it costs him. Possibly that, then. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth is just smiling like normal. Yeah, (laughs) just walking around, waving like the Queen. I just keep thinking of Jimmy Hart calling her a mannequin. I don't think he's wrong. Of course, this is a strong technical exchange, which is nice to see. Benoit nearly breaks Bobby's skull, though, when he bounces him off the <laughs> ring. But you can see Bobby legit checking his face, going, all right, mate, hang yeah. on. <laughs> uh, they fight outside the ring. Woman gives uh, Robert Eaton a big old punt in the guts. Nice to see Woman getting involved. Uh, Eaton gets aggressive with a very fingernaily choke in the corner, mm. driving them dirty nails in, and, and a neck breaker as well. He misses a pretty shitty-looking leg drop off the top rope, mm. and then Benoit follows it up with a lovely headbutt for the three. There is a lovely spinning neck breaker in there as well, and I'm a big fan of the spinning neck Is breaker. that the one that Robert Eaton does? Yeah. Nice, nice. I, like, it's one of those things, I think, where kind of... It, it's... It's weird because obviously Bobby Eaton's one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, hands down. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, his, he's just a great wrestler, full stop. Uh, but it's just having him saddled with this gimmick and having him always be like the comedy foil loser in most of the matches. You don't ever really get to see him go full pelt. So in there with Benoit, <laughs> it's largely Benoit's match. But the few moments that Bobby shines are like, 
brilliant. Mm. They just it's like just let him do something else, please. <laughs> and they they tease that everything might not be all right within the Blue Bloods as he's making his entrance. So are you are you seriously taking umbrage with the fact that a perfectly good wrestler has been saddled with a gimmick that doesn't quite work for him? <laughs> just after we watched the Jim Duggaroni pizza match. I'll put a pen that gimmick, it works. <laughs> I'll it's be... a spicy gimmick, it's a spicy pizza. I'll be in the cold ground <laughs> before I speak against Jim Duggaroni pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting... Uh, right, we're getting old Glacier adverts now, for fuck's sake. Yes, so... Glacier, Not even the new ones! Glacier had coming soon for the last month. And now we're getting the old adverts with coming to WCW. Oh, I, at this point, I just tell him to turn around. No point, the party's done. Because like, we had shiny new ones made for him, and now we've just defaulted to the old ones. Like, no development. Fucking hell. It's, he's coming. You know, he'll be here. Far. It might be a little while. But he's missed the party now. We've, right. you know, we've finished fine. playing Twister, and all the snacks have gone. It's he's okay. missed the party. He just, he's got ice chips, probably, you can suck on. <laughs> you know? Make some shaved ices. <laughs> in fact, make... if he made a few of those, he would have been in WWF. He, they're Vince's favorite. He can make a Mr. Frosty. He could. Maybe they should have just given him the Mr. Frosty gimmick. That would have been quite nice, wouldn't Coming it? Coming out in a big Max Moon-style padded stay puffed suit. Oh, that would have been a nice day. He's got a belly that like loads of ice lollies <laughs> fall out of. The kids would love that. He walks out of the rig and just goes, <laughs> like into the crowd, and all the kids get ice lollies. Oh, that'd be nice. Waste Glacier is as a gimmick. <laughs> I can't believe he just didn't partner up with Mr. Frosty. That's, easy, that's an easy money, isn't it? Easy fucking money. <laughs> You know, but then, but then it would just be sheer disappointment, like Mr. Frosty was. <laughs> it uh, worked perfectly every time. It, 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 yeah, and when it worked perfectly, basically you got ice covered in like Robinson squash. Gee, no, thanks. It was basically just a, what a very expensive freezer, which nearly everybody <laughs> had in their house. That is the kindest thing you could have possibly said. It's an expensive... It's, it's, it's a it cheap was, freezer! It was a, fucking, it was a novelty, What are you putting in there? It was there? a series of novelty ice trays, right? That you stuck just enough water in. You could do the exact same thing by just buying the fucking ice trays, and it would actually work 100% of the time. That's true. If you just put the mix in, put them in the freezer, holy shit, you've got the actual Mr. Frosty bits. But you didn't have the you didn't have the happy little Mr. Frosty sat on the end of the bench, did you? I made the mistake when I moved out of using Mr. Frosty as a freezer. Put poor Cloyne under his hat. Go back to it in three months' time. <laughs> <laughs> I got some chops in the Mr. Frosty. We'll can have them for tea later. Room? Of course you can. You can freeze anything. Let's make some bovril ice. Bovril pops. So basically, what you're going to need to do. It's the end of the summer, Tom. Let's close out with some bob <laughs> All right. I, th oh, I, no. I th hear me out. I think I know how to make bob pops. Icy, beefy treat. So, <laughs> shall I make some bob pops for next week? So, I, I believe you just take a jar of bob you water it down, and you put it into one of those lollipop temp shape shapers. Stick an ice, stick a lollipop stick in it. Because the bob so viscous, <laughs> it will stand. Whack that in the freezer. You legitimately have Bovril Pops. Oh, I make. About, what about if we did varying strengths? What if you took a whole jar of Bovril and made just a straight. Oh, well I want my Bovril Pop tea. neat. Neat Bovril. <laughs> I love the Bovril. Neat. Bovril on the rocks. <laughs> and the rocks are made of Bovril. Oh, we're going to do that. <laughs> bovril on the Bovril. Yeah, Thank you very shaking, much. Not bovril. <laughs> 
I make uh, for Pablo during the summer. Uh, I take little bits of chicken. I cook up a chicken and I, and I and I shred it and I put them in the ice cube tray and then fill yeah. the trays with water, freeze them because he doesn't drink water because he's a bit weird. Yeah. So therefore, I go there. You go. There's some chicken in there, but you got to get to it and it tricks him into having water. Ah. Because then he licks it and goes with some lovely chicken. The other in thing there. you can do is uh, chicken stock. This is really good for their, their coat. Ooh. So use like a, a don't, make sure it's not too salty. Make sure you get some mm. like good chicken stock. Like low you salt. It. If you like slow cook something yourself, that'll probably be a lot better than just getting like a high salt stock cube or whatever. Mm. Google it, find out what's acceptable. Uh, but yeah, chicken stock's really good for their coats. Also, get some of those licky lick sticks. Ah, oh, whack, whack them in the freezer. Yeah, big fruits. Yeah. Fruits. So like ice pop for cats. Yeah. And he goes mental for them. Oh my God, that is amazing. Best day of my life. That's what he says. We're backstage with Leg Luger and Stank and Gene Oakland. A recap of Clash 33 with the Outsiders and Leg and Sting and all the shenanigans that went on there. Tonight, Leg and Sting are facing the Horsemen, but they face them 10 million times. And Lex Luger and Sting are buzzing because they say they've got a strategy. They've got a surprise. They do a real good job of just making you not want to watch the match. Yeah. We faced each other a shitload. Everybody's seen this before. But I like... But... Full stop. That's literally about it. <laughs> Lex Luger makes me laugh unintentionally because he says, we've been in their face many times, but tonight we have a plan. Like, you like you haven't had a plan before. <laughs> they just get out of the ring every time. Fuck, the horsemen again? Oh, why did we... They're coming at the horsemen the same way we that... We were prepping for Eddie and Chavo. <laughs> so, like, you know that drawer in your house that every time you open it, it sticks. You go, right, I'm going to fix this. Actually, no, it's open now. It's fine. Yeah. And then I won't think about it again until I need it. Yeah. That's how they are with the horsemen. Oh, we didn't plan for the horsemen again. <laughs> Fuck. All right, next time we'll definitely plan for the horsemen. But they have a surprise for them tonight. Uh, Sting and Lou are going to keep it very vague, but not even mean Grifter Gene can decipher what the surprise is going to be. Stay, where are you going? Tell me the surprise, or I'll just search through your bins. <laughs> I'll leak it to the Fed. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Disco Inferno takes on Scott fucking Norton next. Disco gives us a little bit of Wickfield Saturday night. Did da da da. But uh, but Scotty Norton's in no uh, he's in no mood to mess around. No mood, no. right? <laughs> Scotty walks to the ring and we get a shot of a lovely sign in the crowd that says New World Odor and it's Hulk Hogan with the body of a skunk. It is. It's lovely I that. Want more of this, more signs. Good effort. 1996. Yeah. Bring it. They're the best and I like that. If you write a, if you made a sign that got on a WCW pay-per-view broadcast or television broadcast, classic at cultaholic.com to share it. Thank you. Disco does a little dance for Scott. As you say, Scott ain't feeling it. He gets hoofed for his trouble, does Disco. Yeah, and then he gets hoofed for like the next five minutes. This is basically Disco Inferno getting just destroyed. On. And the entire time, Norton doesn't even give a shit about Disco. He's just looking down the camera going, you see this ice train? Yeah. And calling out ice train. It's all a message for ice train who got, of course, attacked whilst on CompuServe last week. Yes, he was manning the CompuServe desk and he got sneak attacked. Sneak attack. How, how do you get sneak attacked by Scott Norton? He's fucking massive. <laughs> Just a thought. The thought of him just sneaking up. <laughs> really Press slowly. R1 to crouch. <laughs> Disco tries a few strikes, but to zero effect. Uh, a DDT attempt by Disco just sees Disco get fucking flapjacked. Yeah. It leaves him open for a running backbreaker, and then Scott Norton's finished the, the uh, reverse armbar, the flashback. Yep. And, and he that's it. That's it. Ref quickly calls for the bell. Yeah, Disco has just been dismantled but, by yeah. Scott but then we quickly go backstage to the gene train, don't we? We certainly do. The gene train is with the Teddy Long train and the ice train. 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 It's all bandaged up. And he's chatting to Gene Oakland, his ice train, along with Teddy. Teddy says that Nick Patrick was acting very suspicious when he was refereeing that match at Hogwild. Yeah. And said Teddy said he stayed away because he got chokeslammed by the giant. Yeah, he apologizes for it. being injured and not being there for him. Mm. We're going to recla- we replay the CompuServe segment from Clash 33, but don't ring CompuServe. Because you'll, yeah. you'll don't you'll, ring it, ring Just the hotline instead. Ring it now. Uh, no, ring hot, ring competitive now. That's how you get on. They didn't block on the network. The number's still there on it's that still one. Still there, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. tried ringing it. Nothing happened. Bollocks. Uh, Ice Train tells Scott Norton to look into his eyes. In which case, Ice Train takes off his sunglasses and just stares like in like off to the right hand side. Looks a bit confused. <laughs> Says, "Look into my eyes." Uh, and then looks a bit sheepish, and he says, right, I'm always going to be around here looking like a mummy, suggesting that once he's all healed up, they're going to yeah. have a fight. Big beefy boy versus big beefy boy. I'm all here for it. Ice Train needed to keep the sunglasses on, because the moment he took the sunglasses off, he looked quite sheepish and quite coy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same reason that apparently Brett, I've discovered this this week, Bret Hart got the big sunglasses to start with, because when he was shooting promos to camera, he just looked terrified. It's got to be, you got to shit yourself doing that stuff initially. Like, once until you get used to it, because you got to think you're going out live quite a lot of the time. Mm. Uh, and even if you're not, you know, you've got, there's a lot of people need to shoot their promos. So you're kind of just one of many. Yeah. So you don't want to keep everybody hanging around. And then at the same time, when you're making your references, and you walk into a fucking venue with like 30,000 people in it or something, 20,000 people, it's going to be like, fucking hell. So I think initially, like, yeah, get a mask, get sunglasses, do what you got to do. Yeah, and I think Ice Train should have kept his on. <laughs> Back to the ring, oh, we go. It's Lord Stephen Regal this time. Lovely. And he's taking on Dean Malenko. Oh, oh man, we are being spoiled here. It is a catch-as-catch-can affair, as you would expect. And the crowd couldn't give a shit. Didn't give a flying fuck. I was so annoyed. Like, they start off with just this beautiful chain wrestling back and forth, and the crowd's kind of just... Started kind of dying down after the entrances, and then as they're fucking rolling round, reversal, 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 you could hear a fucking pin drop. It was 
I was like, how aren't you impressed with this? We are like, ready. The first thing that's a pop is Regal hitting a fucking kick to the back of the head. Yeah, we I mean, ain't, we like, ain't ready like, for liquid wrestling. <laughs> but this is what it was. This is what it was before it turned into cartoon. Look, it's impressive. It's really impressive. It's really good. It's a really good match these two have. It's really, it's a nice, it's a really nice affair between these two. They know like yeah. where they're going each time. Oh, we get a lovely Regal wearing, get Regal wearing down Malenka for ages with a lovely full Nelson, yeah. like he's Chris Bloody and Masters. Starts laying in like some vicious strikes and then gets, gets back to grinding him down. And... Malenko picks up the pace. He hits a couple of German suplexes and then they start exchanging maestro cradles. Yes. And it looks lovely. Uh, however, Dean's is just a little bit better and a little bit tighter. Maybe the third or fourth one, he gets the three on Regal just like that. And that's a massive win for Malenko. And it's the power pin of the week as well. It is the D, the, uh, the Pet Boys power pin of the week. <laughs> pet Boy. If you, need your, if you need your car service, you go and go see a Pet Boy. <laughs> just find one in the street. You what, there, Pet are Boy. They? Are they mints? Pet Boy sounds like a mint, or, or is no, it like Pepto Bismol? No, isn't Pet Boys? Like, I think it is like a card place. I'm sure we've talked about Pet Boys on here before, and I'm sure Pet Boys is where you go when your car breaks down. There's a car garage. It is the South Cleveland garages of America. Tire company. Close. God damn! It sounds like it's Pepto Bismol or something. Mm. Should have made heartburn medication. Lads, <laughs> with a name like that. It's Eat like this. Stridex. Uh, Stridex is just such a weird name. For what it is. Yeah. Stridex sounds like it should be far greater than just spot cream. It sounds like a condom company. <laughs> Stridex. Gary Stridex. Wow. They could have used him. Why weren't they using him? He could have been Gary Stridex. <laughs> he was having a night on the town. Comes out covered in spots. And then somebody wipes <laughs> them all off. From what I gather, he did have quite a few spots, but mainly on his back. Tom. Wow. Uh, Dean Malenka got a lovely win here over Regal. The crowd, as you say, couldn't give a flying toss at two no, people they, having they a lovely cheer, wrestling They match. cheer for the finish, and they cheer as it starts to heat up with strikes, but they're, they're just not here for chain wrestling. No. Nah. I, I, I don't get it. Nah, it's not, it's not that world just yet. Again, yeah. it will be that world again, but not yet. Uh, mean Gene, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, all on the ramp with the rest of the horsemen. They're cutting a promo just before we begin hour two of Nitro. Flair and Arn are talking about, you know, they faced Sting and Luger before. Sorry, Arn is talking about the fact that they faced Sting and Luger before Sorry, and yeah. they know each other inside out. Flair says that they all believe in wine, women, and song. And yeah, tonight... You can make out what he said. It was just the usual rant. I think whenever Flair starts now, my brain just goes... <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, and then he just goes off on like wooing and shouting about tits. That's about it and money. <laughs> but then he, as the, the second hour begins, as Flair is in mid promo. And, and then he keeps talking through the fireworks. Yeah. It's like, Gene, you should have just took the mic away and just gone thunk. Some of the timings <laughs> on live on live wrestling in the in this year has been amazing. We've been on, on the classic Raw review. Obviously, Raw is live most nights now. Yeah. And it's whenever there's like live promos in the ring, you can just tell like it's so janky as they cut away. And Bret Hart isn't one for a live promo in 1996. No, no, no. no. It's, it's fucking hilarious. There's, there's a moment on the, on the Raw that we watched this week. You'll hear it on Monday. It made me roar. Is it 96 or 95 with the, this is bullshit. That's 95. 97. Right? 97. We haven't had that yet. I That's his that best was, one. I thought that was going at the Mania 10. No, 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 no. The bullshit. The, the, you, this is bullshit's my favorite, Brett. Uh, that's going into 13. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. We we had like Bret Hart's return promo, which is very rambly and very 
very yeah. dis- disjointed and hilarious and overruns and everything's fucked <laughs> because of it. Um, but yeah, but then as the fireworks are going off, as hour two begins, Flair keeps talking and he tells Hulk Hogan between Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan and Hulk Hogan, the nature boy's got more playing time than you've got shower time. <laughs> Then Gene says he's got a Roman candle up his pants leg, and I notice that woman's been fondling him. <laughs> I've got a stiffy. <laughs> Gene ending the promo by going, I have to go. I have an erection. <laughs> Back to you, Eric. <laughs> the Roman I've candle. <laughs> Well, I'm being manhandled again. Get off I'm going to go me. take care of this in the next match. I'll be back out in a jiffy. <laughs> Which is, well, we when we see next C, Gene, I think it's, oh, no, we see in between then. I'll take that back. I thought there was a, a foot. Well, I, I might lean into it later. We'll see. It's a sprint, not a marathon, Tom. It is indeed a sprint and not a marathon. No, it's a marathon, not a sprint. No, no, no. They, they, Gene had like a, a leaderboard of his own times. <laughs> it's like Usain Bolt. <laughs> Get crafty wanking. <laughs> What are you doing under that pool? <laughs> I don't know. Multitasking. I don't want you to only think... ever see the one hand come up with the mic. I don't want to think about Gene Oakland tossing off. <laughs> <laughs> Why you think about you think about Hogan and Nash in the limo too much? Actually, that's true. Yeah, I haven't thought about them for Why a couple of Gene having a sweaty mouth open wank. <laughs> <laughs> Is he watching him with his golden voice? No, he's just he's just staring into a corner. Oh my goodness! He's got to focus, Tom. Gene, he's trying to beat a record here. He's in, hang on, he's in a corner, <laughs> staring at a blank wall, <laughs> tugging off. He's a lot. He's not watching anything. He's just staring at a wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knocks one out just staring at a wall? I tell you, he's an athlete. That's really sad. He's an athlete. <laughs> That's really distressing. His eyes aren't open, Tom. He's using the power of his imagination. <laughs> a tear's streaming down them at the same time. But like it's a cry wang. He just hears the Olympic level roar of the crowd, and that's, he feels that they're cheering him on. <laughs> Come on, Gene, wang Gene, faster. Gene, Gene, Gene. Go, Gene. God, Gene, tug one out. Oh, <laughs> God. Rub one out, Gene. Rub one out. <laughs> this is fucking podcast. Does not go off in some weird directions. <laughs> it fucking does, doesn't it? <laughs> Just, what's Gene doing? We're going to have to start what? timing the segments between each time we see him now. Just to see which night is the record holder. What's Gene doing facing the wall? Don't ask. Give him a minute. He's usually got his own locker room for this, you know? That's <laughs> the problem with some arenas, he hasn't. But he's still, but he's, still got, he's got that laser technology and he's got Rolex sponsoring the time. <laughs> you know, whatever else it is they have at the Olympics. He's got like a big time board. Photo finish and everything. Photo finish. <laughs> Fuck. It lands across the finish line. Right. There's just a line. Draw <laughs> And imagine go to the Omni. Like the Oki, he's got to stand a specific amount of time back. A specific amount of space back. It's, it some out. arenas have the mark still there. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a little tourist trap. It is. You can do a whole tour of Mean Jeans wank marks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be a WWE star. You have to start in the blocks and then get up as quick as you yeah. can. Yeah, all right, Gundarina today. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's the third door to the right. 
<laughs> against the four, third wall. There it is. There it is. Listen to the fucking the Rocky theme, just warming up, getting himself ready. <laughs> but then make sure to turn it off so he can stare at a blank wall in silence as he rubs one He's out. He's a professional. <laughs> just, I just find that really sad. <laughs> It's not silence. He's got the roar of the crowd. He's been through <laughs> I'm it. sorry, I forgot the roar of the, the, the roar of the crowd. But like, okay, I need to. Can I just break this down a bit more before we go? <laughs> right, right. It's just, okay, it's the fact that he's got the roar of the crowd. Yes. So like, he's aware, and in his in his head, yeah, he's like, yeah, people are watching me. People are into this. People are loving this. Eyes but he, closed. But just, yeah, he's facing the wall, and his eyes are shut. He doesn't want anything coming into his periphery to change the lighting, right? Or change, or changes. Yeah, right. What he's he, thinking he about. He needs to set him out of space. Doug Dillinger walks in. It's going to knock him off his exactly, track. right? Or speed him up. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's one of those things. Gene just he had his own technique, clearly, um, and that's just the way it goes. It's you know, good professional for, athlete. Good for him. I'm glad that he doesn't uh, just have a golden voice. <laughs> a golden knob. I'm glad. I'm glad we can honor Mean Gene. We left us some years ago in this way. I think I think it's what the Oakland family would have wanted. What a mustache. Oh. <laughs> what a ride. The nasty boys. <laughs> That's better enough about fucking me and Sam. Uh the <laughs> Hey! The Nasty Boys, right? And I love this. We've just had a technical marvel with Regal and Malenko, and the crowd went nothing. Fuck that! Nasty Boys! We're getting range, right? We're getting a lot of range on the yeah, card. We are, we are, we are. WCW does it very well. We're getting a bit of everything. Mm. It's, a, it's a smorgasbord of, of wrestling. Smorgasbord. The Nasty Boys and the Public Enemy. Two on two here. Bischoff then starts Nitro Hour 2 talking about how the WWF initiated a lawsuit against WCW and they're defending themselves. They then go on to talk about how Hogan, Hall and Nash are attacking everyone. Bischoff reassures that WCW aren't going anywhere and won't change how they do business. He has very meticulously planned this paragraph so legally, there's no bite back, but it still kind of connects the yeah, NWO it, to the WWF. It fits within their storyline yeah. and it works seamlessly. Mm, that was a very well prepared, legally checked, double checked, and triple checked I statement. Say, I wonder how many lawyers it took. I think 10, <laughs> which, which amounts to one Jerry McDivitt. Jerry's southern counterpart, <laughs> Terry McDivitt. <laughs> it's just Jerry with a fake mustache. <laughs> Working twice. And a really bad accent. And a cowboy hat. Yeah. Yeehaw, I'm Jerry Mc... Terry, Terry McDivitt. He doesn't have cowboy boots on. He's just got some stick-on spurs on the back of his dress <laughs> he's, shoes. He's not even spurs. They're pizza slices. <laughs> Sellotape done. <laughs> he's used some of Jim Duggan's tape oh. just to put two pizza slices on the back of his shoes. That's the one. I'm a cowboy. That's the gimmick. I need to go to a Halloween party now, dress as say I'm I'm a Texan, and I just get two pizza slices and sellotape them to the shoes. I'm a Texan. Yeehaw. And then when, every, when anybody says something about Texas, you kind of give them a look. Yeah, and go, don't you don't you shit on Texas? Yeah. The South will rise again. Don't tread on Texas. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah. King of the Hill, and that's about uh, cowboys. And that, that's about it. Cracker Barrel. That's everywhere, though. 
That's true. Did not start in Texas. Probably are. Lone Star. Propane and propane accessories. <laughs> Rocker Rock and Johnny Grunge are not from Texas, but they are fighting the Nasty Boys in this match starting hour two of Nitro. They set up a table ringside. I wonder what will happen. The two sides brawl from the off. We get a split screen that follows both of them all around the ring. Yeah, they're kind of tagging and out. So, well, they don't actually do any tagging. There's no out. tagging. So you've got... You've got two of them in the ring, two of them out of the ring. When the two out of the ring go in the ring, the two in the ring go out of the ring, and they pretty much repeat what they were doing. It's Mexican rules. Yeah. And then what uh, is it? Nobs gets thrown into the stairs. That allows Public Enemy to kind of get the upper hand over Sags. Yeah, and they position Sags on the table for their weird double cannonball finish. So yeah. it's the one where Rocker Rock... We're not just going to hurt you, we're going to hurt us. Yeah. yeah. Rocker Rock's on the apron next to the table. Sags is laid on the table. Grunge jumps at Rocker Rock. Spears him, kind of. And they hold each other into like a DDT-style position. And their combined weight crushes or their it opponent. Like, uh, it's weird, but like, yeah, they, they're supposed to be both of them crashing down down and then through the table to the floor. Yes. So it does make sense in terms of physics, but also, God damn, you're hurting yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Those however, guys are crazy. However, Sags rolls out of the way, so exactly the same thing happens, but without Sags to catch them. Oh, no. That Who could have seen that coming? I wondered what would happen. Uh, Sags then rolls... Uh, Rocco into the ring, who took the brunt of it. Nobs pins him off an elbow drop, and the Nasty Boys will get the decisive victory tonight. Yeah, it'll be the other way around next week. Yeah, everyone's favourite wanker, Gene Oakland, hits the it's ring. He's back, he's getting better. Do you remember back in 95, <laughs> it would be like a whole hour before we saw him? Yeah, it's true, yeah. He'd be like start and end of the show. <laughs> he's, he's really picking up the pace these days. <laughs> he's doing well, isn't he? <laughs> he'd be... He'd be <laughs> Be shooting dust I'm by ten o'clock. Have to go back and look at the time differences. We're going to have to determine which was the night that Gene broke the world record. <laughs> because you have to allow time to get back, get in the zone, have said wank, and then get yourself sorted. Well, because he always looks fresh. Yeah, but I mean that, that match was like probably three minutes. Gene's yeah. Gene's a machine. He'd have been dead quick. <laughs> get it done quick. Like a quick, a quick Is little. Is there an official to make sure it's happening? As if it's just standing there with a whistle, just Doug watching Dillinger. the entire time, making sure that everything's legal. <laughs> and then after it happens, blows a whistle, hands up like a touchdown. Yeah, hands off. Gene's <laughs> <laughs> got the, Born... the Guinness official just sat there with a, <laughs> a notebook. See, I thought Gene was just doing it for pleasure, but you're saying that there's a real sporting element here that Gene's well, he squeezing seems to be getting in faster and faster. It just so it, be... it feels like, you know, as I said, it was like almost 40 minutes, like between Gene appearances back in the day. That's only one year ago. That's so what's going to happen as we move toward the year 2000? Like he was just holding off and making it longer, but this yeah. time he's like, "Now nah, I gotta get them done quick." <laughs> Everything happen anything can happen on Nitro, but he's ready at any time. Uh, mean Gene chats to the Nasty Boys here. Sag says we're as nasty as we need to be. And then shouts about Nastyville. Yeah, yeah. There's Nastyville's a real place, and uh, and it and it exists between WCW World and NWO World. Yes, and they are sort of as you said earlier, their own island. They are, and in order to get to them, you need to buy the magic flute from Toad's shop, and also called the WCW hotline. The WCW hotline, and then you press B down and press A, and it goes do 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 and it takes you to Nasty Boy Island. And then Nobbs is made to clarify his statement about Hogan. Yes, because apparently so, Gene says Nobbs has been hanging and banging with Hogan for well, years. About two weeks ago, was it? Um, Nobbs kind of, he was asked about, because it was like, well, you're a friend of, of Big Hulkster, aren't you? Yeah, uh, you and dick. 
And it was like, well, you know, like he's a good guy. And it was like, you fucking what? <laughs> He's just attacked all the lads in the car park. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's big Hogan. He he then basically he doesn't he doesn't sort of dispel Hogan. He just says Hogan can do what he wants to do. We're going to do what we want to do. And he says we're coming after the tag team titles. Nasty boys. So they remain islands unto themselves. Yes, to the nasty boys. And I, it's nice that there is some of that on the roster where you have got a team that's just like, hey, look, we don't give a fuck. There we're... needs to be that uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. you know, as long as whoever's in charge pays the bill. So that's all that matters for a lot of people. Exactly. And they're, the, they're two of those people. Eric Bischoff says, nobody's paranoid over the NWO, which is just what a paranoid person would say. <laughs> we're not. We're fine. He had very much Ross from Friends energy. I'm yeah. fine. We're so all fine. It's all under control. Can't wait for all of me later. <laughs> all right, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Truth is showing. Diamond Dallas Page Faces Chavo Guerrero Jr. next. No, Chavito. Chavito saved his brother Eddie from a post-match beatdown from DDP at Clash 33 on Thursday. Didn't save the ring, though, did he? Didn't save the ring. Fucking waste of space. I'm fucking wasted. Sorry. Eddie won that ring, and you were too busy hugging Eddie to notice DDP picked it up and fucked off with it, and then didn't show up with it tonight for some reason. I think they're just forgetting about it now. I don't think we see it again. But he's got, they made a whole thing. <laughs> they showed us a recap of they him did, stealing the ring. They did a tournament. Yeah. How dare they just forget about it? It's the ring of the ring. You know? <laughs> the ring of the... I'd have preferred the ring of the ring. Less legally minefieldy. <laughs> the ring of the ring. The ring ring. The three rings. <laughs> when the you ring get... of the king of the lord of the rings. The ring of the king of the lord of the rings of the ring, ring of the ring. Of the, the ring of oh. the king of the... Ca ca why, didn't the why didn't king. the champion of Rinka King win the Rinka King ring? Can you imagine that was your prize? You've got to take that home. You're not allowed to take it apart. you just got to take it with you. <laughs> like, you got to have it out of here in a half hour as well. Like, something else happened later. I've won the ring. <laughs> <laughs> give me a little finger ring? No, you've got the ring. Ropes and all. That's yours. They promote a ring as the prize, but the ring is actually not the, the ring they were showing. It's the ring ring. It's the actual ring. You, yeah. you, you have that now. That's yours. Good luck with that. Which is square. Why is it called a ring? I think it's because it used to be a ring. Uh, outdated terminology like the squared circle well yeah the squared circle they should just call it the squared square <laughs> the big the, square the squared wrestling Tony if you're listening that's a million just start calling it the square in the square right now we got MJF versus Adam Cole Tony start calling it the look square look at them squaring up to each other you got nothing to lose at the moment to be Tony call it's it. hip to be square <laughs> alright and he can afford the music <laughs> Play that during so every match. The, so the ring has its own Not the theme four music. Song, just the bit it, bit it, that bit over and over again on the loop. It's for every match. Square. Yeah, <laughs> and then occasionally just throw that line in <laughs> after every big hit. Tony, after the, after the few weeks Tony, Tony Carter's had, he's like, you know what? Fucking whatever. Let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Why not? Oh. Let's do that. Let's do it at Wrestle Dream. I don't know. Um, Chavo out. Still imagine in the ring kicking ring getting sprayed gold. There you go. There's your prize. <laughs> Ta da! Just still wet with paint. You Matt Morgan going, the fuck am I doing with this? I ain't got a garden. <laughs> this isn't going to fit on the balcony. <laughs> I give it to my sister. No. You, you have to keep it. it. We will check out. Coming round and inspecting We will check it out. every day. <laughs> I will take a photo every day. Oh, my my favourite recurring bit about our podcast is we come up with these ideas and we make life so painfully difficult for the people that agree to do them. <laughs> 
we made just life just uncomfortable and unnecessarily mean spirited. Like Matt, you want a ring, right? You have to keep it, and we will be round every day to make sure that you've got it up and it's in full view. We're gonna pay a private investigator to sit outside of your house <laughs> yeah. in a tree to you keep have, his eye on that ring. You have to text us twice a day. Yeah. With a picture of you in the ring. Can't go on holiday. No, not allowed. And if you do, you've got to give it to another wrestler. <laughs> and well, no, they've got to come to your house, but they're not allowed to go in the house. They've got to live in the ring for the three weeks you're away. Also, we know what you'll no do. Tent you'll, you'll just take a bunch of photos. So in every photo, you need to hold today's newspaper. <laughs> so on, in on the holidays and special occasions, you need to be dressed appropriately so we can use it on TV. <laughs> What TV? Oh, yeah, we haven't got a TV show I'm going to give him a list of every holiday on Earth. So it's nearly every day he's got to dress up in a different outfit. But it has to be handmade as well. <laughs> Happy talk like a pirate day. <laughs> You're going to use it on our TV show every day. Okay, That's the worst peg leg we've seen, man. Lop your leg off. Come on. Whilst the TV Commit to the bit. The TV show has unfortunately been cancelled, but the contract remains that you need to send us a picture every Forever. day. Forever. Yeah. yeah. The, comp the Rinker King has folded, but Jeff we... Jeff Jarrett's just sat there by the phone every morning. <laughs> it has to be by a set time as well. <laughs> it has to be exactly at a time. Not or a minute. Adds, not a minute one, sooner, one not a minute later. second adds five years to your contract. Why poor Matt Morgan? <laughs> All he did was win. A, uh, all he did was, to was get told to win a tournament. Should have read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you did not read the card policy Doom properly. Would have done the due diligence. Of course, they they, they wrote the contract. Anyway, Chavo outmaneuvers DDP in the the ringed ring, and nearly smashes his skull with a dive to the outside. Yeah, Jesus the Christ! On the, uh, on the barricade, right? Absolutely, fucking stoves his head in on that. Chavo is up for the fight, uh, but DDP keeps the pressure on. He avoids a corner shoulder block and takes control. DDP works over Chavo's arm for ages. And Bishop reveals that the WCW executive committee are here. Mm. I don't know, just having a nice cup of tea, maybe. Yeah. End comes very suddenly as Paige goes for a neck breaker, one of Sam's favorites, and Chavo does a backslide on him for the three. Very rarely get a three of a backslide, but we did today. But it doesn't end there because the square has so much more action to give. It does, and the Paige, Nitro Zone. Paige, enraged, lands a diamond cutter and then takes Nick, Nick Patrick's belt off. It's probably important to note here as well that Paige goes for several pins that are definitive. Like he would have had the three, but each time he peels away because he wants to hurt Chavo more. Didn't mention that. Yeah. So so Paige very much had the match won on several occasions. Yeah. He'd get like halfway through the two and just kind of go meh and sort of roll away from the pin. So his hubris was basically what beat him rather yeah. than Chavo Guerrero Jr. And then Nick Patrick, the fairest referee in all of the land, is just stood there while the music's blaring. And then what? Well, then DDP lands a diamond cutter on Chavo Jr. And then Diamond, uh, Diamond Dallas Pace squares up to Nick Patrick and takes his belt off dead quick. Whoa, we got some competition for Gene? <laughs> Seems that way. Gene's like, how do you get the belt off that quick? Gene's that could, focused. That Gene's mark... too focused right now backstage. <laughs> That's true. going to take nine seconds off my time there. Um, then Paige whips Chavo with Nick He's Patrick's the belt. Because we don't see him for the rest of the night. <laughs> oh, we don't. We do. Another ref comes out. And scolds Nick Patrick's for letting it all get out of hand. How yeah. dare you let DDP take your belt off? Uh, Patrick bails, and Mean Gene is on the ramp. He comes running down running the ramp. Like, oh God, shit! I'm just running. I'm a bit late. Sweating, tucking his shirt back in. Uh, Nick said, uh, "He asked, he asked Nick Patrick, what the fuck, mate?'" <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> prolific masturbator. Prolific, Gene prolific masturbator. He'll make himself ill. 
Because you'll run out and it'll just be dust. You're going to get a bucket now. There's a sweet, <laughs> there's, a, there's a sweet spot between like it oh. blocking up or it just becoming powder and blood. And you've got to find <laughs> that sweet spot on a, on a Thursday when it's quiet. <laughs> Nick says he wasn't going to intervene without any backup, despite being the giant of this, the reverie world. This fucking metaphor is my favorite thing I've ever heard from anybody so far on Nitro. Uh, and Gene's like, well, what the fuck? Like, you, you had Randy Anderson down there. Randy Anderson's half your fucking size. You couldn't get this <laughs> under control. Randy Anderson got in there and got the belt out of his hand. You should have stopped this before it even began. What's going on? And he's like, look, if I was a cop, right? If I was a police officer and I got sent to a scene where things were out of control, would that cop charge in there himself or would he wait for backup? Gene then says Randy's half your size, runs him down again. Uh, and then he goes, well, that's what makes us such a good team. It's so good. It's the teamwork. It makes us a good unit. And then Patrick blames Gene and says that if he'd done anything wrong, so basically he's like, the Gene presses again about the NWO link, and he's like, it's people like you, it's the press, it's the magazines, mm. it's you're all making this so much bigger than it is. And, you know, if I'd done wrong, it's all on video, right? I'd have been fired. So it's like, you know, they've reviewed all this. I'm in the right. You know, I did what I thought was right. Uh, uh, over the clash situation because two people run down and there's a three count ready to go and he just doesn't count it. Uh, and then just as Nick Patrick walks off, Gene reveals that Nick's just bought a home for $550,000 in the year of 1996. So that's got to be some fucking size, that house, because uh, it'd be worth $1,144,819.86 this year. Bloody just hell. on the inflation side of things. <laughs> it depends entirely where it is. But... Uh, Nick, come on. Where'd you get that money from? But, should, but Nick's a tall man. He needs a big house. <laughs> <laughs> he need, if he goes in a bungalow, he keeps banging his head. <laughs> You'd have to take the ceiling out. And yeah, exactly. Poor bastard. Not going to retain any heat. Yeah. So so Nick Patrick apparently being, told, being, being lambasted for signing a good fucking money deal. All right, Gene, you, you dickhead. Where's that energy for Hogan? We know where that money came from, Tom. Mm. We know where that money. There's only one man in wrestling who can afford to buy a referee a house that nice. Who's that? Oh, it's big Tesla, isn't it? It is Tesla, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is Tesla. Te old Tesla there. It's but like a nice. That's about the same amount. That 1.4 mil or whatever. It's about mm -hmm. the same amount you'd pay for like a nice McMansion in Darris Hall up by Ponteland. Isn't it? It is. Nice, that. It's gutting when you're looking for a house, isn't it? Yeah. And it's I've... also automatically by most expensive, and there's some place in fucking Pontyland with a 30 foot pool and underfloor heating and 15 bedrooms oh. and seven toilets, and and then all you can afford is a two up, two down, and even then, Jesus Christ, you're gonna have to go to the bank on your hands and knees mm. and kiss their feet for just the chance of a sniff at a mortgage. <laughs> there is that. It's it's it. That's the that's that's what's happening in the country at the moment. It is, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. in we're in very yeah, similar can, boats. Sir. You know, the the house I live in right now um, was bought for like seventy grand in the middle of Newcastle um, in two thousand two, and in the last twenty years, it's now worth like four times that, five <laughs> times that, and half of it's just rotting away. <laughs> it's just like, eh, what have you all done, you boomer fucks? What have you done to the economy? <laughs> economy. Well, when I was your age, I had a house because a house cost as much as a fucking Mars bar. Yeah, you literally bought a house on the way home from work. The bank had so much money, they would just give you one, you know? And then, ah, oh, ah. Oh. We're not, no, we're not, we're, no, it's our own fault for having avocado on toast. It's our own fault for wanting a flat screen TV and yeah. for maybe needing to be on the dole for it's a week. It's our own there. fault for wanting a nice life. It is, Rather yeah. than stuff. 
Just look, just rent forever. You'll own nothing and be happy, Tom. I mean, there is that. That's what Big Klaus wants. <laughs> <laughs> and one listens to Big Klaus. Uh, Nick Patrick. With his fucking Palpatine outfit on. Anyway, let's go. But Nick Patrick blaming uh, Mean Gene for his troubles, among anything else, saying yes. that the media is blowing everything out of proportion. And Nick Patrick then would go onto his YouTube channel and say, there is a Dispatches documentary coming out about my refereeing that I think you need to ignore. It's not true. And it's just the far left coming after me. Exactly. I'm not even that bad. Shut up. Stay awake, said Nick Patrick. Despite no making his career on being a cheat referee and, yep. and you know, uh, doing stand-up specials about how much of a bad referee he is. Yeah, I used to remember listening yeah. to him on Radio 2 where he'd go, I'm a cheat referee. I'd always make I make terrible referee decisions. Isn't that amusing? Yeah, yeah. And know. now he's gone, no, I never was a cheat referee. Nick, no, pa- no, Nick no. Patrick I'm said. all about yoga now. Yeah. Yoga and right-wing views. And don't, don't, you know, don't look into the fact that I'm only getting into the right-wing side of things so I can scream that this is, um, you know, it, it's a witch hunt. No, 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 no. It was just a coincidence that when all the other referees were being called out for cheating, I, I, I Nick Patrick decided to change some of my viewpoints so that when I was called out for refereeing, then the NWO would be on my side and it would be seen as a media witch hunt rather than and all the consequences for my actions coming Elon forward. Elon Musk's come forward, Andrew Tate's come forward, two very reputable people who understand refereeing inside out and Absolutely. are definitely morally right uh, and constantly you know, on the ball with mm. everything that they, they kind of believe in. So I, I think that ultimately Nick Patrick's right, you know? I th- Yeah, the more I think about it, I think Nick Patrick is right and the media uh, is is terrible. Yeah, we should blame Catherine Ryan. I think it's Catherine Ryan's fault that Nick Patrick was a crap referee. We should. And a shit person. Right. <laughs> we get a plug for War Game. <laughs> I said Nick Patrick the whole time. Uh, War Games is coming. I don't know. It's one of them where... I've never been one for when wrestling shows announce, coming soon, this gimmick match, and then you kind of, then they retrofit it. I prefer when the situation goes, right, we're going to have this match then. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? I think the market was different then, though, right? This was a time when, you know, it'd be like, coming to the, like, your local stadium, monster uh, monster trucks, monster jam will be there with Mm. the giant truckosaurus and all that shit. So it was all about front-loading the spectacle. So you know that you're probably going to have horsemen in there, right? You know that it's going to be a big, like, monstrous gimmick match. The War Games is something weirdly promoted by WCW as having injured more wrestlers than any other gimmick in the history of sport. Um, so, I mean, they've already done that a couple of times, I think, in, in promoting War Games while we've been watching. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where, you know, War Games is the most dangerous spectacle. So it doesn't really matter who's in there. You just know they're going to get fucked up. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of it is kind of it's it's that tease of it. it's coming it's coming back and this is before you know it was a pay per view every single month right we don't have a monthly pay per view schedule for WCW right now um, I think we're nearly there we're nearly there but it, it's kind of it's one of the big tentpole events right yeah it's one of the big old NWA gimmick yes so yeah so that's a good shout on this occasion uh, tag titles on the line next is Harlem Heat versus American Males. Oh, they want to give us some storyline. I know, right? The fucking American Males Harlem Heat. Let's take you back to 1995. A whole year ago, a year in the making, this match is going to be absolutely insane, surely. It, it was a year ago on Nitro that American Males beat Harlem Heat. There we go. For the titles. Can they do it again? We're about Probably to find not. out. How dare you? 
uh, Marcus Bagwell, Scotty Riggs, challenging Booker T and Stevie Ray. But Booker and Stevie are proficient. They've become an amazing tag team in the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. A desperation dropkick by Scotty Riggs gives the American male somewhat of an opening and it gives Bagwell a hot tag and he starts lighting up Harlem Heat from here. He yeah. counters a pump handle slam with a nice roll-up for a two-count. Uh, Scotty then lands a dropkick out of nowhere, just bursts <laughs> into existence to Scotty. Uh, then Bagwell decides, I want to fly off the top rope too. And as he does, Booker catches him midair with a fucking power slam and lands a three. Scotty comes to break it up at like three and a half. And, and that's it. It's a bit of a... It felt like a bit of a shutout, apart from a bit of a flurry of greatness for, for American males. Yeah, they kind of, especially at the start, Scotty's getting isolated and just beaten down. And, you know, Harlem Heat are just routinely tagging, just in and out, beating the shit out of Scotty Riggs and just keeping them on their side of the ring. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to it. Yeah. Just, just a little a little thing just to go. They need Sherry or the Colonel to get involved, really. No, nah. they did it all on their Todd, did Booker T and Stevie Ray. Good for you, lads. An old Glacier promo again. Glacier, I'm come. Glacier am come everywhere. Gene. <laughs> we haven't seen him in a while. We've not seen Glacier without his mask. Is it not Gene? <laughs> We'd know if it was. He'd look sweaty. He's been taking up cryogenic treatment. <laughs> so he can wank longer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the best wanker in the year 2047. I'm going to freeze myself now. And also, Kung Fu. <laughs> Kung Fu? <laughs> am I right, kids? Kids love Kung Fu. Uh, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson off of the Horsemen are facing Sting and Leg Luger. Mm -hmm. But this is where we see the surprise from Sting and Luger, it seems. So Sting and Luger come out, and they want the rest of the Horsemen. I was excited, by the way. Oh, they're Brown really like, oh, into shit, this. We're going to get to see the Horsemen. We're going to get to see Sting and Luger. They're gonna, they're gonna, this is going to be fucking great. Sting says, I want the rest of the Horsemen to come and join us in the ring right and now. And it's like, what? Are they going to do mm. two on four handicap? This is amazing. What's going to happen here? Let's go to a break and come back. And other jeans in the ring. And he's out there without his jacket on. <laughs> Meaning, once again, he's been caught short. <laughs> he just got started. And they went, Gene, he's in the ring. Oh, shit. Where's my jacket? I threw it off in a, in, in a throw of rampant really passion. Pass duct tape. I'm going to tape it down. I'm going to tape it down. <laughs> he comes out hobbling. <laughs> Leaning forward. It's the Roman candles up again. It's my jeans. <laughs> whilst, in my notes, whilst I wasn't expecting, like, we prep notes, but nowhere in my notes does it, does it talk about me and Gene being a rampant wanker. Right? So in my notes, my, it's not as funny. I just put, Jean's out sans jacket looking like a burned out noir detective who can't find the Brooklyn <laughs> bandit. But I think he's just, he's not got his jacket on because he's been wanking and he's rushed out. Like, that's, it's getting that's the line now. He's hitting the wall, right? Yeah. You know, he's, he's had some very quick, quick goes of it. He's been in and out all night, you know, on the ramp, backstage, on the ramp, backstage. Now he's got a good run. You know, he's going for his more, more of his marathon time. Uh, and he keeps just getting called out. Yeah. And you could just tell he was just, he were a bit pissed off about it as well. Mid-stroke. And he's like, hey, get out there. <laughs> you need to go I'm find out what they're doing. Legends House again. <laughs> I want to see Legends House extra. <laughs> <laughs> What's Bean Jean doing in the corner, Bobby? She's Jeanly fans. <laughs> <laughs> Hillbilly Jim going, I can't believe how much Bean Jean wanks. <laughs> Baby, I just keep seeing Jimmy. I just keep seeing Gene Oakland wanking. Oh. Pat, Pat, I, said, oh. I just keep seeing the Gene Oakland tugging it off. 
That's far past him, by the way. Too far. No, we haven't. We, we have. We haven't gone far enough. <laughs> Pat Patterson was like, oh, I just can't believe it. Christ. So crumpler. So well, have fun with this, everybody. <laughs> Sometimes we do take jokes to the nth and then further, and I'm proud of us. Uh, mean Gene wants to find out what is going on. Why does Sting want all the horsemen out here? And this is Sting's surprise. He wants to join forces with the horsemen. <gasps> what? What? There is a problem in WCW. They can't trust the horsemen can stang and leg. But all their blood is WCW blood. In 30 days, War Games is happening, and a match that was created by the Horseman for the Horseman is taking place. And Sting demands that he and Leg Luger replace Chris Benoit and Mongo McMichael in the four in the Horseman's on the Horseman's team in War Games it, against the NWO. Has it been announced? It's a bit presumptuous to think the Horsemen even got a sniff in for War was Games. was not announced at all. Like, Imagine. Which is, it's like, oh yeah, okay, we'll do that. Oh, you could have at least had a graphic guys. at the start of the night. Not just on the saying. card. It's Disco Inferno plus five other Elvises. Um, <laughs> They're faithful the NWO. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the last hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disco Inferno and the Elvises. They're, 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 they're our only hope now. I mean, Sting's just there. Nope. Disco and the Elvises <laughs> and Gene. Um, Anderson sounds out Luger and Sting on this and says that Luger's got the body that looks good, but he's got to bring his power yeah, his in order. Pecs. His GA. He's got to lose the jiggly pecs, not literally, because that'd be gory. Uh, but asks, he said, if he can bring his power, then he'd be a great ally. He tells Sting, does Arn Anderson, that he has to lose the albatross from around his neck, known as the Stingers. So yes, he's got to basically... The little Stingers. Yeah. Turn his back on the fan favoriteness and dig deep down into the darkness of men's souls. Well, that's that's it. So the whole thing is, War Games is the most brutal stipulation. You know, do you really want the little Stingers seeing this side of you if you're going to work with the Horsemen? Because... The horsemen are going to give it 100%. Mm. You need to match that. So it means that you might not be the sting that these little stingers know and love, and it might change their opinion of you after this match. Now, Sting and Luger seem still up for it, and Ric Flair then weighs in and says, look, if Benoit and Mongo are willing to step aside, then they can join the team. But it is up to Benoit and Mongo. And then they roll over. They do. Ben Benoit says, like he says, that he's never been betrayed by Flair and Arn, so yeah. he'll follow their decision. Mongo is like, I've re I competed for the best football team in the world, which gets booze. I already played for the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> and then he says, like, look, am I I'll still going to get paid for the event? Yeah, grand. A, there you go. Sweet. It's about making sacrifices. <laughs> if I get paid, grand. If it's about making sacrifices, so I'll make a sacrifice for this team. But he says I'm going to be watching Legs Luger and Sting like hawks, and if they do, if they if they don't hold up their end of the bargain, what the NWO did to them is going to be a walk in the fucking park. Mm -hmm. And Arn says we have a deal. They shake hands, and then Eric's like, "We've got to run this by the officials and, and all of that stuff, and and we'll we'll check it." But yeah, I didn't hate this. No, I think it worked. It was a bit anticlimactic, but yes. I think it's people have forgotten that they've still got Macho left, so it felt like everybody was gearing up for this to be like a main event. Yeah. But it's like, no, no, you've still got Macho. Don't worry. That's still there. Don't you worry. I like that it's Sting and Luger joining the Horsemen. Yeah. And and the Horsemen going, look, you're going to do it our way, and you've got to be a well, I mean, baddie. Luger was already a Horseman. Exactly. So yeah. he's played it already. But yeah. like, but Sting, like, it's a big like. You got to change your personality if you're going to come with us because you got to really, really. I like this that that Luger's the one that has to sit Sting down and be like, "No, you need to understand. 
and takes him through all of it. Yeah, yeah. and I like this. So, so I look. Is he going to make Sting not eat a, a Slim Jim? <laughs> or pretend to yeah. eat one? I'm sad that we're not going to get Jim Duggaroni pizza and Macho Man. Because it looked as if they were forming an alliance earlier tonight, and that's just kind of been quietly... That'll happen at some point, surely. I don't think it does. I don't think we ever get the NW... Ho! Ever. Well, I'm just going to leave now. I'm devastated, mate. That is not a spicy pizza. The following announcement is paid for by the New New World Order. Uh, Could you make out any of the shit they were saying? I, I tried my best. They're in Rome. They're not. They're in Denver. <laughs> They're in Rome. They said so. Is that not Rome? Were they pretending? They point to the Denver Post building. They're in Rome, damn it. <laughs> They're in the Rome. They're at the Coliseum. They're in some weird like amphitheater in what appears to be downtown Denver. Scott enjoys being among the ruins as the hottest thing in wrestling. Nash asks what Roman weapons Scott likes. <laughs> A sword or a dagger. Love the, I love the fucking Gladius. Love that. Gladius and the fucking, the shield. <laughs> they mock beating up the giant like the guy in Gulliver's Travels yeah. where he got sort of knocked down and, and, and roped up. They compare themselves to modern day gladiators rising up from the land of the gators. They talk about beating a booty man for a bit and ask what the booty babe's up to. Scott Hall says, Lex Luger reminds me of a movie star. And then Nash says, it reminds me of Mr. Ed, the famous talking horse. Then they mock Sting, calling him uh, a jerk. Well, they rip on his hair as well. Rip on his nice ha hair, Sting. Hair's rubbish. And then, they, and then they tell the WCW roster, don't call us, we'll call you. As far as the NWO <laughs> announcements have gone, this has been, by a country mile, the worst one. It's dreadful. They don't... All of the other ones have had that kind of cool edge to them. This one's just them kind of fucking around. It feels like they're, they're stoned. It really does. It <laughs> does feel like a stone of <laughs> it. Feels like they're just like, yeah, and Sting, your, hair, your hair's like shit. <laughs> I feel like they and watched Luger, it the next day and went, like why was... See, they were just off their tits as they nah, filmed this. I feel it was one of those things where it was like, just run them down. Uh, and they're, they're doing it in the way that you'd expect them to do it. It just felt a bit, I don't know, just felt a bit naff. It was a one. bit naff, wasn't it? Kevin naff. Kevin <laughs> pretending to be in Rome and then being in Denver. God love him. Main event o'clock, Macho Man versus the Giant. Giant walks down to the ring with Jimmy Hart looking big. Fuck, they're savage. Fuck, are we late or something? Macho Man is livid about the Giant not doing his job at Hogwild, so doesn't wait for his entrance and just twats him with a steel chair several times. Yeah, he gets a pretty good few shots in until they get down to ringside and Giant just picks him up like a like like he was picking up fucking nothing and just <laughs> throws him, just yeets him into the ring. <laughs> just absolutely yeets him. Uh, they they the bell sounds immediately because the match is immediately thrown out. Uh, Savage avoids a choke slam with a low blow. Jimmy Hart runs in with a chair and he sends Jimmy packing and then he uses the steel chair on all the invading members of the Dungeon of Doom and that are coming to Giant's aid. And then he just decides, you know what? Um, bye. Yeah, he and just he fucking sprints out of the building. <laughs> he decides that's enough for me. Good night. And after about four or five in the ring, he just goes, ah, and I'm away. And then bye. Giant chases after him. And, <laughs> and then that's the end of night where we go back to the desk. Giant does a great bit where he literally leaps over the top rope and clears it yeah. and lands on his feet. He looked great. And he ran top speed. Athletic boy. Athletic boy is the Giant here. Bobby and Bischoff are signing off. They're putting over the new wild nature of the Giant to end the show. We hear uh, Penza say something on the ring announcer mic and the crowd boo 
I think that's, that's him going, well, that's Nitro. Thanks, that's everybody. It. No dark match tonight. See you later. There will be no encore. Good night, Springfield. Uh, Bischoff then confirms that Luger and Sting will indeed team to fa- with Flair and Anderson yeah. and face the NWO at War Games with whoever they can get as a fourth man. Will it be Sean Waltman? No. Uh, nobody knows. Uh, nobody. Nobody knows but me. That was Nitro. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, that was it. it was, uh, you know, in fairness... Uh, as I said earlier, bit of a, a bit of a buffet table of wrestling. You mm-hmm. had a good range. I enjoyed the range. It was exciting to watch. Uh, you had a bit of everything. It did go nowhere in places. Um, Gene seemed to get some good record times in. Congratulations, uh, Gene. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was just one of those uh, kind of. It was a better Nitro than than your kind of standard fare. I feel, but at the same time. We've got better things on the horizon. We have indeed. So we have to go through this to get to those other things. Mm-hmm. War Games is coming up. Uh, I liked the, the the WCW roster coming together proper with yeah. Flair and Anderson and Sting and Luger teaming up. That's going to be fun. Uh, NWO bit was a bit shit at the end. Uh, Jim Duggarody, Peter, got his win back. Thank God. Yeah, and that's what matters at the end of the day. Anything you're working on that you want to plug? I just again, big secret. Big project. top secrets. Yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. Uh, brand new classic SmackDown review on Saturday. Uh, we're just coming off the back of Royal Rumble 2002. Ooh. Yeah. And then we saw a surprise return from Mr. Perfect. Lovely. Looking lovely. And Triple H is about to face the undisputed champion at WrestleMania. And I'm sure he'll put him over like Rover. Of course he will. He just mm. gives back to the industry wherever he can. And in a nice twist to like, I like how sometimes there is crossover with all the classic reviews. Uh, we're about to hear some following announcements made in 2002. Lovely. A lethal mm, dose of poison. A lethal dose of poison. Tip X on the back of a chair. Oh, as we reach the vinegar strokes of Gene Oakland's wank of a podcast, we say he is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, I got all I got. Call the hotline to see how good my wank was. Very wanky. <laughs> I don't know why that came from. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know why. Do you think it. That's <laughs> a full blame for that. I'm, I'm going to keep it all in. Oh, you should. I'm keeping it all yeah, in. They'll, they'll fucking love it. <laughs> they'll, they'll not know what the fuck's going Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.